All right, so we are going to begin on page 35. We have a very tiny message first that we'll look at, and then we'll move on to the next message. This little tiny message is called, True Understanding Comes From Seeing. Intellectual questioning and intellectual answers cannot give sight to the blind. You cannot tell a blind man what blue is when the blind man does not know of color. You may tell him of the coolness of blue and compare it to the fiery hotness of red, and although this may give him some idea of the difference of color, it will not answer his question, what is blue? Likewise, I cannot answer your questions regarding the nature of reality. You must choose to see these answers for yourself. But I can tell you the nature of your blindness, and therefore how to find a cure. When your blindness is healed, you will see, for sight is only natural to an unblinded man. Uh, so, very, very short message, but obviously this is just saying, and I don't remember, I really don't remember what was happening with me at the time, but um, I maybe wanted some idea of what truth is some idea of what it's like to be awakened, some idea of what it's like to have no eye, right? I probably had those same types of questions. And Ramon is just, I can't tell you. <laughs> I can't tell you. All I can tell you is the cause of your problem, you know, which is your eye. It is your thinking. You're being lost in mind. You're being attached to mind. And, and I can give you the practices so that it will remove that. And then you will know for yourself. So that's his answer to the question. I uh, can't tell you. So we have to accept that, I guess. And that means we can now move on to the next message, exposing the I thought. So now we have to, to look at the, the problem, the cause of our blindness. <clears throat> Let's talk for a moment of the power of the I thought. This power that I speak of is merely the power of distraction or deception, and it has no true power or effect over the heart. For the true heart knows itself and cannot be affected by distraction or deception. But the I thought has the power to keep you distracted from your heart so that you forget for a time possibly for a long, long time, what it is that you want and what it is that you are not. So this is very interesting that we can be distracted from the heart because really the word heart is synonymous with true self. And so it's very interesting that we can be distracted from who we are. Um... But what I notice, just in my own watching of myself, what I notice is, again, when I am very careful and attentive so that I notice the mind and I notice the thinking that's going on with the mind, and then I maybe practice self-inquiry, you know, and I might ask a question like, what is it that sees this mind? You know, what is it that sees these thoughts? And I shift myself into awareness, Right? In that, in those moments, I'm aware that I'm awareness, and I'm aware that I'm not the mind. So I know myself to some degree, because of self-inquiry, 
I know myself as awareness. But then, you know, a phone, the phone rings. This morning the phone rang right after meditation. And somebody started talking to me that brought the mind right back into the thoughts. And uh, all of that awareness is lost. And so then I pause and I look at that and I say, well, what happened there? Well, you know, it's, it's like awareness somehow kind of con- contracted itself and shot itself or projected itself into thought. And I, and I call that attention. It's like, the, but, but what is attention? What's attention made out of? Isn't it just made out of awareness? I mean, what's attention made out of? If you really think about attention, pay attention to me. Now pay attention to the clock. Now pay attention to me again. Look at me, look at me, look at me, me, me. But I mean, what, what is that attention? Isn't that just awareness? So, so what that really means is somehow we're, as awareness, we're taking what we are somehow and projecting it into thought so much that we forget who we are. That, think about that. Yeah, that's what's happening. But we're working with what we are to do that. There's, there's nothing else. There's nothing else. And you can, again, you can check it. I mean, you can pay attention to me. Pay attention to the clock. Pay attention to me again. I mean, you know, that's just, it's just awareness. And so when you're lost in thought, you've just somehow taken all of your awareness and focused it there. Projected it there is the word I like to say. You've projected it into your thought. And, and so, back to this paragraph then. So, the true heart knows itself and cannot be affected by distraction or deception. But the I thought has the power to keep you distracted from the heart. And again, that still is just our attention being distracted away from who we are into thought. But it's still attention. It's still awareness. Uh, so nothing's actually lost there, which is, I don't know, it's very, very funny to look at. And this is, but this is why self-inquiry works, as far as I can tell also from observing. Because the only thing that's happening when I'm lost in thought is that I'm allowing my awareness to be kind of contracted into attention and projected into thought. So when I ask, who am I? Or I ask, what is it that thinks these thoughts? I start um, diffusing that contraction. Does that make sense? And I start to become aware of awareness again. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's all that's really happening there. I'm just diffusing that, that projected attention back into a relaxed general awareness and then I'm noticing myself as awareness again. People in the audio won't be able to see this, but I have my hand, I'm placing my other fist inside my hand. My other fist represents my attention. That's going from having your attention here inside the thing so much that you think that, you are that. that you think you are that to bringing that back out here and then looking at it.
right? Yeah. That's what you did. You kind of unprojected a little right. bit, right? Unprojected. And if we unproject all the way back and then relax into general awareness, that's when we're that's when we're really aware that we are awareness. All right. So the next line says, "What you want." is to know self. What you are not is the I thought. And this again is because the the previous paragraph ended with, the I thought has the power to keep you distracted from your heart so that you forget for a time, possibly for a long, long time, what it is that you want and what it is that you are not. What you want is to know self. What you are not is the I thought. And again, when our attention is completely projected into thoughts, we do forget this, right? If I'm worried about, uh, what can I be worried about? Let's imagine I'm worried about the upcoming retreat. Let's imagine I'm worried that I didn't do the shuttle schedule right and I'm going to have the wrong people at the wrong place at the wrong time. When I'm all worried about that, am I at all aware of the fact that I want to know the self? Uh Uh-uh. Am I at all aware of the fact that I'm not the I thought? Uh Uh-uh. Not at all. So we totally forget when we allow our attention to be completely projected into thought or emotion, we forget forget these two basic things. We forget what we really want and we forget what we are not. And Ramana continues, I feel I must say this again. And bring your attention to what I have said. Because as long as you are deceived by this one deception, you cannot know the truth of self. This deception blinds you to your true nature. I say again, this deception blinds you to your true nature. And this deception is the false identity I And in uh, Francine's class on Monday morning, Karen Worth called it the poser, which I really like that. This is poser, someone who's posing as something they aren't, right? So the false identity I is the poser. It's posing as you, but it isn't you. What am I is a good question to ask. The mind can come up with a myriad of answers to satisfy itself with an identity. An image that says, this is what or who I am. But each of the mind's answers falls short of truth. Because each of the mind's answers provide an identity thought that sets you apart from others. Here are some examples. All right. If you're apart from me when I say I am this, please raise your hand. If you're different. Okay. I am a woman. Okay, so see right there, I'm separate from these two, okay? I am a worker. I have a job. I'm employed. All right? (laughs) I'm separated from three people now. I am a minister. Separated from everybody in here, although pretty soon these guys are going to be ministers too. Let's see. I am one who sets in stillness. Maybe everybody here, okay, <laughs> we're welcome Pastor here. But if we had a different group of people, there'd be a lot of people that are not ones who set in stillness. Do you agree? So if I identify myself if as, honest. yeah, if they're honest. So if I identify, that's the key, if I identify myself as one who sets in stillness, 
I'm still separating myself out from others, am I not? Okay, let's see. I am a mother. All right, you guys, the males here are really getting left in the dust. Let's see. Oh, I am one who has renounced family and possessions. Right, that would be probably none of us. I mean, I have to raise my hand on that one. I haven't renounced family or possessions. So, I am an adult. Now, of course, if we had children in the room, they would have to say separate. I am a person. And if we had dogs here, they would be separate or a tree, it points out. Now, this is an interesting one. I am an object or a preferred idea. So a preferred idea might be, for example, uh, I am responsible. Right? That anybody who doesn't see themselves as responsible... Up go the hands, they're separate from me. So that's an example of a preferred idea. An object might be uh, something like, I am a ballerina, I am a baseball player, I am an athlete, right? Naming myself in that way. In short, I am separate from others, from other objects, or less preferred ideas. I can, here's the important one. I can identify myself Separate from other selves. Right? I can tell you what makes me different from Ken and what makes me different from Rebecca and from Dan and from Priscilla and Francine. And the better I know you, the more stuff I can list that makes us different. Right? And this is how mind, and you guys know this, this is how mind wants us to see ourselves. This is how mind answers the who am I question. And not only that, what I love about mind is that mind is not at all consistent. If I just did something that, in my own judgment, is brilliant, I am smart. Right? I'm really I'm smarter than him because you know he didn't come up with the idea. I did. Right? But on another day, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm stupid. <laughs> so it's not even consistent in 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 these definitions. And one day, I mean, ha- ha- ladies, have there been days when you felt pretty? Mm-hmm. Have there been days when you felt like the ugliest woman on the planet Earth? See? See, it's not even consistent. We don't even get to be pretty a whole lifetime or even the ugliest woman on the whole planet a whole lifetime. So it, it really just wants us to listen to it. These, how, can I, how can that be a true identity? One day you're smart, the next day you're stupid. One day you're pretty, the next day you're ugly. That's not an identity. That's chatter. Right? That's just chatter. But we listen to it and we believe it. On the day when it's saying I'm stupid, I think I'm stupid. On the day when it's saying I'm smart, I feel all puffed up. I think I'm smart. So we are crazy enough to listen to this shifting identity as if it is telling us who we are. And it isn't. It's just chatter. It's just chatter. That's the chatter that's separating us from our heart. That's the distraction and deception. Yeah, that's the distraction and deception. And so what we have to really see is it's not who we are. And one, one good way to notice that it can't be true is to notice its contradictions. Right? If you were, if smart was your identity, you'd have to be smart 100% of the time. If stupid was your identity, you'd have to be stupid 100% of the time, right? That's why it's not true. That's why it's a deception. And, and so if we can pay attention to that, we can start to 
break away our habit of believing it. And again, our habit of believing it is projecting our attention so fully into that idea that we don't know in that moment that it's not who we are. So we have to keep our attention back enough to pay attention to what the mind is saying. And notice, that's not true because you know what? You know, three weeks ago when I had this dress on, I was looking fine. So I can't be ugly. You know, I looked good then. You know, I mean, this is not who I am. And it's not that I'm pretty and not ugly or smart and not dumb. It's not that the ones that hurt are wrong and the ones that puff me up are right. It's that none of them are who I am. Think about awareness for a second. Okay, look at awareness within yourself in whatever way that you can. Can you say that that awareness is smart or dumb? Can you say that that awareness is pretty or ugly? It just is. That's really the only thing you can say about it is that it is, right? And there's spontaneity that's going to move through it, and we often call that spontaneity intelligence. But you can't honestly look at awareness and say that it's smart. It just is, right? So this is what, when we listen to teachers who say it's beyond good and bad, it's beyond, that's what they mean. All of these ideas, good and bad, pretty and ugly, smart and dumb, those are just concepts, and they shift and they change. And awareness doesn't have any of those concepts in it. You can't define awareness by any of those terms at all. And that's what we are. And you can see it if you check. Okay, so all of these ideas, I am man, woman, I am worker, not worker, etc. This is the I thought. All right, that's the I thought. Relinquishment of the I thought also means relinquishment of all ideas of identity. This includes relinquishment of I am one who does not think of I. One delay thought that the I thought provides as a means of survival is I must change my circumstances in order to do the work necessary to relinquish thoughts of I. But I would encourage one to ask, who must change circumstances? Certainly if one asks this question, he will find that I, who feels individual and separate from this circumstance, feels the the circumstance must change. Upon discovering this, one can see he is being tempted by the distraction of the I thought, and he can choose to return to his mantra instead. So this happens for all of us at some point. We think this job is the obstacle, this relationship is the obstacle, this busy life is the obstacle, this uh, fact that I get sleepy when I meditate is the obstacle. You know, this circus, something has to change here. And uh, Ramana is saying, whenever you have that thought, ask, who is the I, or what is it that thinks the circumstance has to change? And if you pause and look, you will see it's the mind that is thinking the circumstance needs to change. Pause and look at awareness. Is awareness saying the circumstance needs to change? Not ever. Not ever. You know, awareness, again, just is. So even when I'm thinking I have to get another job or I have to get another partner or I have to get a partner or, you know, whatever, we're being identified with the I thought. 
In a Ramana says, every circumstance is appropriate for letting go of the false I thought. Because every circumstance is being experienced now. And now is always the time to turn the attention from I thinking back to concentrated, concentrated, I can't speak tonight, concentrated stillness in the mind. So it doesn't matter where I am or what I'm doing. I can always practice the mantra, practice surrender, practice self-inquiry. Always. Nothing. There's no circumstance that is an obstacle to that. And in fact, I demonstrated that for us before, before we started. She's had an unusual circumstance in the last week with her mother passing and funeral arrangements and all of these things. And yet she, um, to the best of her ability, continued to focus on the practice. That It wasn't like, I can't do it this week. i got to wait until my mother is buried and everybody leaves and then I can return to my practice. She, in case you didn't hear, she said she doesn't know what she would have done without it. So, so yeah, every circumstance is appropriate. Concentrated stillness is not I thinking. It is not even I am still. And this is one thing that I notice a lot in meditation. I'll be practicing the awareness, watching awareness, and then the thoughts will start to come. And lots of times when the thought thoughts start to come, they're actually narrating the meditation. <laughs> narrating the meditation. Like, oh, this is good. I'm being really still now. <laughs> that's how they start coming back. It's so funny to watch. And so this, that's what this is doing. This is alerting us to that trick. You know, as soon as the mind starts talking about how still I'm being, you know, how good I'm doing at watching awareness, that's just the mind coming back so let go of those thoughts and and return your attention back to awareness again in fact one reason I don't talk about I I used to I started doing a little bit of writing about my meditation and I was sharing it with a a group a a Yahoo group that I'm on and uh, what I found was I had to stop telling them about my meditation experiences because that made this voice that narrates the meditation stronger because it was planning my next post about my meditation, right? And so I had to just say, you know, I can't, I can't talk about my meditations. <laughs> and, and that way, well, that will remove that temptation to listen to that narrator. You do not know the nature of the self because you believe fully that you are the I in thought. But what you are is beyond thought. Knowing this self is the goal we seek. All right, I had a question. I have one question that I do not feel clear on. What of those who have been given the mantra, I am that I am? Is that not the I thought? Answer. I am that I am, although it contains the word I, is not the I thought. I is a symbol, but it is not an identity thought. When the symbol is attached to the false identity, it has the power of separating within the mind, within perception. When false identity is not attached to the I symbol, the symbol does not separate. It is the I thought that wants to judge and separate the symbol I from all other symbols. Then I can be one who does not use I, for example. 
but this is not the same as relinquishment of the I-thought. One who uses the mantra, I am that I am, can feel the mind is being moved away from the I-thought, which is identity with a limited concept of I. Therefore, the mantra is helpful and is not a, de- a detriment simply because of the use of the symbol I. And again, this is something you can test for yourself. So you're thinking about whatever you're thinking about, yada, 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 and he said this, and she said this, and I should have said this, and yada, yada, yada. And then the thought comes in to say the mantra. And you take a breath, you close your eyes, and you say to yourself, I am that I am. And what you'll notice is that actually took your attention and turned it away from all of that eye chatter, right? It turned your attention towards the heart or it turned your attention towards awareness, depending on where you are, right? But it, it, isn't, it isn't, just because it has the word I in it, it isn't causing you to think the I thought stuff anymore. It actually took your attention away from the I thought. It helped with the unprojection, we could say. So the fact that I am that I am has the word I in it is, is not the same as the I thought. The I thought is me thinking, I am woman, I am smart, I am dumb, I am ugly, I am pretty, I am busy, I am bored, I am... That's the I thought. And I am that I am is not that. So that's the end of the reading for this week. And, of course, we're going to be continuing to practice the mantra and continuing to practice surrender. But one thing we could add to it if we want to is try to be a little more open or a little more aware of when your mind is telling you who you are. When your mind is saying, oh, I'm stupid, oh, I'm smart, oh, I'm pretty, oh, I'm ugly, oh, I'm responsible, oh, I'm lazy, oh, I'm procrastinator, oh, I'm... And just notice, notice there's the mind trying to tell me who I am again. And just notice how often it does that. You might be pretty surprised. So I will turn off the recorder and uh, we'll have just a little bit of silence.